Live from the J.C. Newman Cigar Studio in Boston, Massachusetts, and the Gurkha Cigar Studio in beautiful British Columbia, welcome to the Smokin' Tobacco Show with your hosts, Matt Tobacco and Mitchell Santaga. And good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Smokin' Tobacco Show. My name is Matt Tobacco from SmokinTobacco.com, and I am joined once again by my very good friend and counterpart, Mitchell Santaga of SmokinTobacco.com, live in beautiful British Columbia in the Gurkha Cigar Studios. Mitchell, how are we doing? And we also have with us, I normally actually leave the guests off on the welcome screen, but uh, I actually, I included him, so we're going to go right into who our guest is tonight. Uh, but it's our very good friend. You may know him as the professor. Um, he is uh, several hundred years old. Uh, he's been around since the original Taino Indian tribes first discovered tobacco and created uh, all of the uh, rituals and religious-like things with it that you know eventually led into what we know and love today. Um, and here he is, as Jose Blanco, uh, live on the Smoking Tobacco Show for the first time in, I think, two years. So, Jose, welcome back. Oh, you're muted. Mitchell, I think you're frozen. Oh, no. What happened here? Mitchell's frozen. Jose's muted. Oh, there we go. I got you unmuted. I think. Okay. There you go. You I can me? hear you. Yeah, I can hear you now. And I think Mitchell's frozen, <laughs> so I'm going to I'm gonna take him off the screen there. Uh, but, Jose, well, anyway, uh, welcome back to the show. Matt, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's been two years. I remember I was one of the, I think, uh, one of the first, maybe, a couple of guys. Well, when you started off the show, this is now going to be, what, three years now? Uh, we, yeah, we're, we're, we're past our third year. We're like three and a half now. So yeah, it's, it's been, yeah, a, okay. so it's I been was a ride. Two, yeah. No, it's been amazing. And, uh, you've had some amazing guests there and I got to meet uh, this Canadian over there that looked like a, uh, a kid going to a Toys R Us, uh, <laughs> uh, all over the, uh, the PCA. And it's good to see, I mean, you're young too, but. Mitchell is much younger, and it's good to see the young generation, you know, uh, so, <laughs> so excited about the cars. Like Mitchell, I'll let you oh, tell them. So, so Jose, this this happens every week with all the guests. <laughs> um, I'm actually older than Matthew. Mm -hmm. Not by much, but not by much. He is older. I'm actually oh, a whole yeah. year older than Matt, and yeah. uh, I actually have currently more children than him since he has zero and i currently have I mean, one she i have one but she's just not here yet so i technically it's very zero. very close very close but uh but yeah no it's a common misconception i'm actually older than matthew i just uh i've just weathered a little better than him yeah <laughs> yeah definitely because i thought to be honest i thought yeah, you people were, were checking like, my ids 23 man or 24 yeah 23 24 years old how old yeah, are you I, uh, 31. Yeah, wow. 31. Wow. No spring chicken. I can tell you that. No. <laughs> I turned, I Jose, just for some context, I turned 30 in December. So uh, I haven't even hit 30 yet, but I, I, I do soon. Mitchell's already at 31. So he's like a little bit more than a year older than me. Yep. Mm -hmm. But thank you. Thank you, Jose, for the wonderful compliments. You know, it's funny because you know now Jose's calling me old, and I feel like every time I see Jose, this has been the this has been the story. This has been a story ever since PCA. We've talked about this. I talked about it with Coop on our other show that we do on Saturdays. I've talked about it on here. 
Um, the last time I saw you was at PCA. And the first time I saw you at PCA was at the airport. And it's funny because I don't know if you remember what you said to me, but we were at baggage claim and I was waiting for my bags. And here comes Jose with all of his bags, his, as Coop said, his, his three, 300 pound bag suitcases that he has with him because he travels all over the world. And I'm like, oh shit, there's Jose Blanco. And I got all excited. I go, hey, Jose. And you come around and you go, oh, hey, how's it going? And the next thing out of your mouth was, wow, you really put on some pounds. And I was like, wow, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> now he comes on the show and he says, I look old. And I'm the youngest guy here. <laughs> I don't know. I can't win. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I know it's all fun, Jose, but it is funny. <laughs> you know what the funny part about that is though so the best thing about that is so i after all the you know the bullshit and i say hello to jose because i hadn't seen him in a long time and I, and I do miss him um jose says to me hey do you have a cigar and i said of course i have cigars so what do you think this is i'm a professional so i go through all my cigars i find a cigar for him and i give him a cigar and then i had to go because my bags came and i had my friends Kevin and Barbara waiting to take me to the uh, hotel. And so I get checked into my hotel. I, I go upstairs. I get rid of my bags and stuff. And I go, I'm going to go down to the circle bar and see everybody because I haven't seen everybody in a while. And, you know, I know it's late, but whatever. I want a cigar. And I just was on a plane for almost seven hours and I've had enough. So I go downstairs and I'm, I'm having a cigar and everyone's down there. And, and I see Pete Johnson and I wave to him and he sees me and he goes, oh, hey, and he waves me over, and I go, hey, what's up, Pete? How's it going? He was like, great. And he's like, hey, I just want to say, by the way, I, first of all, I was wearing my Chicago Bulls jersey, my Michael Jordan jersey. And he's like, first of all, I love your jersey because he's a real goat. And he said, and the second thing I want to tell you is thank you for giving Jose Blanco a tatuaje. <laughs> I said, oh, yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> it's true because I had showed up, no cigars, no nothing. And, you know, when, when uh, and for me, I was coming from Macedonia, so it was two hours to Istanbul, then from Istanbul to Miami it was 12 and a half, and then from Vegas to, no, from Miami to Vegas, it was like four and a half, five hours. And I, I didn't have a cigar with me. I don't know what happened, but I, and thank God I saw Matt, and he had a lot of cigars in, in, in his, uh, his travel humidor, and I've always been a big fan of pizza. I said, let me take this one. Yeah, you can't go wrong with Tatsuai. Um, you know, they've, which we'll talk about a little bit in a sec. They've kind of had a control over the headlines in the last couple of days, and I'll get into why and, and what in a little bit because I, uh, I want to talk about Jose first. But first of all, before we get too deep into anything, we got to talk about what we're smoking. And tonight, our cigars are once again brought to you by twoguyscigars.com. That's right, the number two guyscigars.com. Head over there today for one of the widest. Biggest selections of cigars, cigar brands, and cigar accessories in the industry. You can find all your favorites at the number two guyscigars.com. This one you probably can't find at two guyscigars.com, uh, two guyscigars.com, but you can find a very big collection and wide selection of our Toro Fuente products at two guyscigars.com. But I will go first. I, Jose, I know this is one of your absolute favorites, so I grabbed this just because you were on here. I grabbed a Don Carlos Lancero. Which, oh. I know. That's a unicorn. Oh. That's a unicorn. Lights out. You know, we don't, we don't sell them. And, you know, the funny thing, when 
In the last two or three years, when people have come to uh, visit us at the factory, you know, they want to see Carlito, they want to see Ciro, they want to see me, they want to see the whole thing. But when they go, want to go to the, uh, to the, see the, uh, you know, the different rooms, because we have a room, you know, where the magnets are made, a room for the Hemiways, a room for the Don Carlos, a room for the, for the Opus. Of course, they want to see all the rooms. But one of the things that fascinates them the most is to see the guy who makes the Lanceros. Because to make that cigar, seven and a half by 38, with seven different tobaccos entubado, mm -hmm. like a straw, and to get them to draw like they do, that's that's a unicorn. When I go there, Carito, I'll get eight or ten of them. I'll smoke a couple. Some special people, when I travel, I'll give them one. But I think that is, to be honest, I've been smoking for 57 years. I've never had a Lancero as good as that one. To me, it's not only a unicorn, it's memorable. And the thing is that we don't sell them. The majority of those things is for charity because the guy only makes 25 a day. That's it. Yeah, and, and you know, I've, 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 I've met him and I've seen, I've seen the process myself. Uh, Nicole and I went down there last year, and it really is. It, it really is just so fascinating to watch. Because um, I, I watched him make, like, to roll them in the intubato. Um, it really is. It, to actually see the process. And it's, it, looks, it looks so much easier than I'm sure it really is, too. Um, you know, it, it, and, you it, know, the funny thing about it, talking about Lanceros, people ask me all the time, for years and years, what's the hardest cigar to make? Is it a Diadema Fino? Is it a Salomon? Is it a Bellicoso? Tell them it's a Lancero. Because a lot, of, look, I'm, I'm going to be honest about this. Why do a lot of people don't like Lanceros? There's two, two things you hear. A lot of people say, well, it's like a girly smoke, totally different. On the contrary, it's a, it's a connoisseur smoke. And the problem is a lot of them, and we don't name companies, a lot of them are tight or a lot of them are loose. Mm -hmm. So even though there's a, there's some companies out there that make great Lanceros, but the way that the, that Lancero is made, no factory in the world can make a Lancero as it's made at uh, Fuente. And I don't say that because I work with Carlito, because I've said that before working with Flint. Yeah, I mean, I can tell you, I, I'm a big Lancero guy myself. So I, I've smoked a lot of Lanceros, a lot of different brands. And I, I'll agree, just from, from my perspective. I mean, there there have been some that are tight. There's been some that are, you know, loose, whatever. The Fuente Lanceros always prefer, perform perfectly. The draw is not too tight. It's not too loose. There's plenty of smoke production. It burns evenly. The ash is not not flaky. Um, not too firm either, but it, you know, it compacts nice as you burn through it, but it's not loose and messy. Uh, just the entire construction and combustion of those Lancer, I mean, all the Fuente cigars really, but especially since you bring this up, the Lanceros, they do perform almost excellent, uh, every single time. And I've had several different Fuente Lanceros, and then I've had tons of Lanceros from tons of different brands. And but you know, Matthew, the other thing is, uh, sorry to interrupt. No, absolutely. Go ahead. That I, that a lot of people, unfortunately, when they have smaller ring gauges, 38s, 42s, 44s, they smoke them too fast. And the first thing that I always tell people is, it doesn't matter if you're smoking a 38 or you're smoking a 60 or a 70, whatever you're into, you have to smoke slow. 
But in the case of the Lancero, you really have to uh, slowly smoke it so the cigar can perform. Because people think that the flavor is in the leaf, and it's not. It's the essential oils that the wrapper, the filler, and the binder have. So when you start to put in smoke, smoke, and smoke, it could be on any side. It's like smoking paper. So you have to really, really smoke every cigar uh, slowly with the Lancero more than anything else. Yeah, absolutely. And there's there's another part to this. I I, I want to pause for a second because I got to get – are you having a cigar with us tonight, Jose? No, because it's uh... – Oh, yeah, you're inside. Uh, yeah, I'm inside. That's okay. Mitchell, what are you smoking? Uh, hopefully my background noise isn't, isn't too bad. There's just a generator that I turned on recently, but uh, – It's not too bad. Oh, Casa Fuente. Casa, Casa Fuente. I think this is the Pyramides, the – Six by fifty-two, uh, the little torpedo head. It's uh, yeah, nice. it's really nice. Uh, these I got a year, a year ago, um, at uh, the Casa Fuente in, in Vegas. Actually, I picked them up with uh, my dad last year when we were we were there, and yeah, this is great. This is smoking really well, and uh, I definitely concur with what Jose was gonna say. I was, I was gonna mention that it, it's. You know, with some with some vitolas, you know, whether it's a little bit more open or a little bit tighter, you can kind of deal with it. But with a lancero, you really like it. Really has to be spot on because if it's too open, and you're just you're just huffing on that thing, and it just heats up like crazy, it 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 can ruin the cigar very quickly. Um, so you gotta like, you really gotta slow that draw rate, that drop pressure, and. Uh, but yes, I, I love Lanceros as well. I think I think most people in the industry would would concur that Lancero is a great Vitola except for Coop. Yeah, Coop's the only person I know who doesn't like Lanceros. Um, even though I think personally. he did give a Lancero a cigar of the year. He gave I think it, or was it number two? It was number one or number two, I can't remember. But yeah, he he did. But he he's not big on Lanceros, you know, and but I, don't know. I, don't I think why. I think he just has the same thing as we mentioned. The he's very critical with them, and they can be harder to do extremely well. But when they are done really well, they can be at the upper echelon of a cigar. Yeah. But there's more of them that fall flat due to some of those construction issues, as well as a lot of people like how like how many times do we hear people say, "I blend six by fifty. I blend six by fifty-two." How many people are out there blending seven and a half by 38 as a common thing to know how to blend that leaf, right? They, they know how to, you know, still put some Ligero in there to have flavor, but to balance it out with those Visos and Secos and to also tame that large amount of surface area you get with the wrapper, right? Like that's the thing with the Lancero is it's the most amount of wrapper per filler ratio. Can you, can you learn to balance that? And I don't think a lot of blenders have a lot of practice with that. Um, but, I, I, you know, with the Fuentes, I think they, they have a lot of Lanceros offered and uh, they've been doing it for so long that, I, you know, they, they do such a great job with it. Yeah, 100%. You know, it's funny, you know, Jose, you know, I know that you do a lot of tasting sessions and blending seminars and stuff like that. And it's funny because, um, you know, Carlito was the one who really – kind of taught me and showed me you know how to taste wrapper 
with Lanceros. I mean, I, he put several different Lanceros in front of me and had me smoke them all at the same time um, so that I could really pick up on the different wrappers. And I remember, I'll never forget that experience because it was, it was one of the first times that like, it really like got me thinking and I had several different cigars with, you know, several different wrappers in front of me that I was smoking all at the same time and I could really taste them. I mean, a lot of times when I smoke a cigar, you know, even Lancero's and I smoke one cigar at a time and I think about that one cigar, but you know, really, and, and I'm sure you can speak to this too. Um, but it was one of the first times and I really just, I was able to really go back and forth and smoke a little of this one, smoke a little of this one. And I really accentuate the differences in the tobaccos, which was mostly the wrapper, um, that I was tasting. And I'll never forget realize like I, it was the day that I realized how much flavor is really in the Don Carlos. I just remember being going back to it and being like, Oh shit, there's a lot more flavor in this than I even originally realized. Um, and I picked up on things that I didn't necessarily realize because I was able to have another cigar that I could pick up on its wrapper from and go back and forth and back and forth and really like pick up on the different notes very specifically and kind of, you know, play between the two. Um, and that was a great experience because it really helped me to understand a little bit more of my palate, which I still have not mastered and I don't think I ever will, but, um, I think that it was it, it was a really important lesson for me to learn with tobaccos. Let me tell you something. You know that uh, for many years, whether when I was with La Aurora, or I was with Hoya de Nicaragua, with Ernesto, when I was at La Aurora, I remember back in 2000, it have been 2000, 2001, one of the things that I noticed the most when people would visit the factory they would talk about the wrapper, that a lot of people didn't understand the impact of the wrapper. Because a lot of people think that, you know, the flavor and the strength that you pick up, of course, it's a combination of the filler binder and wrapper, but the importance of the overall flavor and strength of the cigar with the wrapper. So that's why I, I went to Guillermo one day and I told uh, the master roller there, make me a cigar. You know, I think it was at that time a six by 52. And I said, put uh, uh, an inch and a half of Connecticut, inch and a half, I think it was Matafin, I think an inch and a half of Coro. And I went to Guillermo with the idea. And then Guillermo said, well, if you can do it with three, we'll do it with four. And I said, well, what the hell, what if we could do it with four, let's do it with five. So I started to go out all over the world with this. And it amazed me that people didn't realize how much the impact of the wrapper was until they started to smoke that cigar with the five different wrappers. So the last one that I made, it was, I think, was Indonesia was first. Second was Connecticut. Third was Negro San Andres. Fourth was Connecticut Broadleaf. And the fifth one was uh, Habano, Ecuador. But the primings, and people then started saying, but why don't you start with the strongest first? And I said, if we start with the strongest first, then by the time you're done with the fifth wrapper, your, your, your palate's going to be shocked. So we go from mild, mild to medium, medium, medium to full, and then full body. So people 
could really realize the impact of the wrapper. And I mean, I don't know, I did like 3,000 or 2,800 uh, in four different countries seminars of that. And, you know, people learned a lot about it. Now, I had a kind of a question. You mentioned primings. Um, and it's always something I wondered. I know that with fillers, a lot of the times they'll they'll say, you know, this is a Jalapa Viso and this is a Esteli Seco. This is a, you know, Viso Seco Lejero. And they classify those regions and the primings on the fillers. But I don't often hear those primings translated to wrappers. Do wrapper does does wrapper always come from a relatively similar priming? No, no, but the, the wrapper the the wrapper have their own primings too. They have so, Lijero Viso and Seco too. Yeah, I find I find it interesting that people or at least like companies don't at least like publicly classify like, oh, this is a broadleaf Lejero versus a broadleaf Seco wrapper. Um, I, do, do you know why that is? Like why that they, they don't? Because again, like you mentioned, that can be such a major influence. Like you could have even two Ecuadorian Habanos, which I love Ecuadorian Habano, but one could be a lower priming and another one could be a higher priming. And again, they could be the exact same blend, yet they could no, be no, 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 but, 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 no, no, Mitchell, but remember this. Of course, depending on the priming, Okay, I'll give you an example. Let's say you make a Robusto. Robusto has five different leaves. Let's say you have one Lijero, uh, leaf and a half of Viso, or maybe one Viso and two of Seco. If you do that, let's say, with a Seco priming, and you do it with a Viso priming, and you do it with a Lijero priming, you're going to have three different cigars. Yeah, I guess so. But yeah, I just I just wonder why they don't often, I guess, publicly categorize their wrapper primings to, to people. No, it's it's not common from companies, and yeah. I've been around for a while, and you know, internally, you know, we talk about it internally. X Y Z company talks about it, but very few people will say, you know, this uh, this Toro six by fifty four has a uh, Connecticut, uh, uh, Ecuadorian, Connecticut, uh, Seco, and uh, it has uh, the binder is a Viso or a Seco, and then the fillers are this, this, that, because it's, it's more or less the different formulas that everybody uses. Some companies like to tell all about it with Fuente, uh, Carlito, uh, when he gives you something and I ask, hey, Papa, I think this is this. And he goes, it's tobacco. Don't worry. So some people talk about it. Other people don't. There's companies that like yeah. to talk about it. Sure. We disclose on some stuff, but we don't disclose on everything. And that's something that I respect from everybody. Yeah, that makes sense. Good question, though, Mitchell. I mean, um, I was going to follow up, but, it, you know, with, you know, does it really matter, you know, if it, if where the wrapper leaf came from if it's disclosed or whatnot but um but jose thank you for for getting into that with us it's fun how the, these things go like i, I had a, like a list of things that like we're definitely going to cover tonight and then the organic stuff that pops up sometimes is the best best part of the conversation um 
but anyway, I wanted to uh, I wanted to get to a, a couple of those things tonight because um, I I know we only have so much time, and I know that there's a there's a couple of things that we can really get into with Jose. Um, one of the first things I wanted to bring up with you, Jose, we talked about this was the FDA ruling. Um, that came was that was that last week or two weeks ago? Can't can't remember. The days are all a blur now. Yeah, for me. a couple of weeks ago. I think it was a couple of weeks ago. Um, you know the the FDA. So Judge Meta had had ruled that the FDA did not um, properly do their due diligence with this this case. And uh, Jose, I know that you're probably much more versed on a lot of the technical parts of this. Um, so I, I really want you to speak more onto this. What, just give a brief summary of, of what exactly happened, but then also, you know, tell, tell our listeners, uh, who maybe don't understand this, what does, what does this ruling mean for the cigar industry and, you know, consumers who buy cigars? How does this affect them long-term? Well, you know, this is something that we've been fighting for, for many, many years. You also have to remember that, uh, the FDA wanted to, uh, put a pretty good date of, uh, they wanted all the cigars after 2007 had to go to a process, had to go to testing. Then they gave a date. I remember that was the 8th of August of 2016. A lot of people, uh, didn't keep, uh, didn't uh, continue making new blends, but then the FDA this, the FDA that, the things were changing all the time. But what the ruling means, and they have still 60 days to appeal, but I think that with all the problems with, uh, with vape, with all the things that the FDA has on their hands, I hope and I pray and we all pray that they understand that we are a product that's 100% natural. You could take a cigar to any lab in the world. And even the, the glue that we use is a sap from a tree. It's a vegetable to put onto the filler and the, and then, and the, the, the binder, the binder and the, uh, and the wrapper. So it's, uh, it's 100% natural. Just give me, give me one minute. You want to say hi? Okay, say hi. Hey, buddy. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, uh, so what the ruling does, and like I said, they have sixty days to appeal. Is for the moment. We won't have to do testing. The FDA cannot invade anything of the things they wanted to do. They wanted to put that they wanted to visit the factories. They wanted to set up the standards. They wanted to have absolute control of everything. Now, this that has been achieved, of course, the PCA helped a lot. But to be honest, it was the hard work of the CRA and the 10 companies that gave the $600,000 to pay the lawyer to win the case. I think we've talked about it enough, but what I, what I think is that people should understand that this is a big win 
for the industry. It's a big win for consumers. It's a big win for the retailers. And it's even a big win for media people. Those who didn't give a dime, who have been benefiting out of this for years, maybe now they'll understand that we have to unite. And if you look at those 10 companies that put up the money, it was fa 10 family-owned companies with tradition, with love, that have been in business for many, many years and care about the business. So I think with this, a lot of people should wake up and see that it was possible to win the case and let's all unite big companies, medium-sized companies, small companies, because this is still not over. Do we have a huge, huge chance that we might really be free of all this? Absolutely. But we have to keep vigilant. Yeah, you know, I, I, I knew it was a big win, and I, and I, I know the, the basis of it myself. I've had some conversations with people who, and I wanted to get your opinion on this. While it's today, it's great. Um, the the conversations I've had with several other people are a fear that in time, I don't know when or whatever, but it, in, within a reasonable amount of time, the FDA could return and come at the industry and try to attack it. A small piece at a time go after flavored stuff go after manufacturing go after advertising and media and just try to break it down piece by piece instead of trying to gobble up it all at once which it clearly i think saw that it cannot do um is that a realistic concern you know does the fda come back and, and try to you know still destroy our industry you know in small pieces over time till we get to a point where there's nothing left of it or it just becomes, you know, uh, it's just not what it is today. Look, the way that we all see it, or majority of us see it, they're not, we don't know if they're going to appeal or not. But even if they don't appeal, they will definitely, definitely try to go around and try to implement different things. Remember, it's not only the FDA. We, 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 we have to deal also with taxes and smoking bans. Yes. And all of a sudden, what happens if they say, well, you can't have any, uh, like in many countries in Europe, you cannot do anything on social media, on uh, Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. So there's a lot of countries where the uh, store owners cannot have their shop on Facebook. They have their own private as a person but they regulate everything. So that is something maybe two or three years from now could come down. But, you know, we have these anti-tobacco people that are always trying to find a way to, uh, to, to go after us. And, you know, the thing is that our industry is about 1.2, 1.3 uh, million dollars. But the cigarette industry is close to 85 to 87 billion dollars and they want to mix us up with that and the vape and and the other stuff and it, it's not fair it's not it's a completely different product i mean um you know you know I, anyone who's seen the movie hand rolled if you haven't you should uh you know, carly, yes, does, yes, 
Car- well, I know you have Jose, but for the audience, uh, Carlito was in there, and it's funny because when he talked about this, he was like, you know, it's apples and oranges. It's like, it's like a chimpanzee. It's like comparing a chimpanzee to a dolphin. I think is what Carlito said. Like they're both mammals, but like one lives in on land, one lives in the ocean. Like, you know, yeah, they're distantly related, but they're very absolutely completely different products. I mean, you have cigarettes and the tobacco that's in there and everything that's done to that tobacco and how it's made by machine uh, and it's treated and it's rolled with paper and you know cigars which as you said before very organic there's nothing artificial about them even the even the glue is is it's a tree sap it's um it's made it's made from fruit you know it's all natural there's nothing added to um there's nothing added to cigars. The only thing I'll ask you is I've heard someone mention this before, and I want to kind of clear the air on this when it comes to pesticides. You know, some people have claimed like, well, but a lot of tobacco growers use pesticides that get on the leaves, uh, which therefore go into the cigars that you smoke, and that can be looked at as just as harmful. Uh, what, what would your response to that comment be? Well, I think, to be honest, I'm not a scientist but from all the years that I've seen and you've been in the factory, when you do yep. that fermentation process that you're putting that tobacco at uh, uh, <laughs> and so 130, 140, I think anything that's there just goes away with that fermentation process. So uh, if you go with that, then, then people will not eat because there's a lot of- there's I was gonna a lot say the food. Crops. <laughs> That are that are that, you know so, uh, but with the tobacco we have the advantage that you know in that fermentation process that goes on for weeks and weeks and months, you know, uh, like I say I'm not a scientist, but I don't think that uh, if they could have proven that would have they would have proven that a long time ago. Look, right. the problem with with people that had to have all these uh, cancers and all things, don't look at uh, don't look at cigars. Go look somewhere else. And it's different. Very, very different. Um, you know, but look, we have this discussion. I know we've talked about the FDA thing on the show. I think we talked a little bit last week with her clocks. Uh, me and Coop have talked about it on spare notes a few times. Um, I know it can seem dry, but I think it's important to continue to bring it up to educate people and make people understand um, why it's important, why they should know about it, why they should educate themselves um, because at the end of the day, if you love smoking premium handmade cigars and you really love the community, you love the lifestyle and, you know, you like watching these shows and, you know, listen to people like Jose come on and, and talk about, you know, these things, you know, it, it, we all do. We love it. That's why, that's why we're here. But at the same time, remember that there's, you know, there's, there's always a threat of it being taken away or ruined. Uh, and, th- and this is why we talk about it because it's important because every, every, every little inch of energy and effort from everyone in the cigar community um that fights against this it's 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 important and it's huge um and you know jose actually brought this up to me and i said yeah we're going to talk about this on the show because i think it is important to talk about and you know hearing it from jose i think is important to hear too so um you know jose thank you thank you for for having this discussion with us and we always bring up and the other and the other thing is that you know that uh the money that's raised uh for the CRA, you know, it's through the, uh, the those ten packs that we prepare, and those cigars are given by those ten companies, you know, and we give it, and the and the CRA sells them, and we thank 
the thousands of uh, consumers that have bought them to support it. But we also want to thank all those retailers that for many, many years have been selling those, uh, you know, 10 packs, you know, to pay uh, all the legal fields of the CRA because we have to raise more money now because if something comes up, we have to, you know, keep on fighting. Absolutely. The fight, and I think in the big picture, the fight's not over. So we can't, no, no. don't lay down now. It's, you know, we've got a good win, but we have to keep on moving forward. You know, it's, it's not, it's not over. So Jose's right. And we always bring this up. Like, you know, I, I live in Canada and our country is a Great very example. good example. Um, you know, the U S has a very, uh, you guys in the U.S. are in a very lucky position that you have a very strong consumer base that, uh, you know, in the grand scheme of things, like you said, compared to a cigarette smoker consumer base is very small. But relative to, say, in Canada, like, I don't know when it was, maybe eight years ago, uh, the government proposed pretty much a nationwide indoor smoking ban where it eliminated all indoor cigar lounges. And the industry tried to get a bit of like leeway in saying what if it's like what if it's a store that's specifically designed for this and only for cigars and only for this and the government said no we're banning it on all fronts on all cases even if it's a adult only thing and even if we create permits we're we're banning it across all all forces and it just happened overnight and it's because you know the consumer base here wasn't strong enough to speak up and have their voice heard and you guys have a very um very good opportunity here because you have two like we mentioned the cra and the pca and other organizations smaller organizations as well that caa that can facilitate a voice for the people and it's made it infinitely easier for you to get your message across to politicians through these avenues by again easily supporting them buying these 10 packs going to their website, checking it out, sharing really, really basic things like that. And uh, we're at the point here where, again, we're at 300 plus percent tax on cigars in depending on the place. So it, it can happen. You know, you, you have a, you have states that are approaching 100 percent tax, like I think New York, some at like 70 or 80. And again, five, 10 years ago, if you told someone that they probably would have just said there's no way that would ever happen. It it can happen. And if you let them it will happen. And it's it, it doesn't take very much time out of your day. Um, and again, like I said, you have this opportunity with these companies being able to communicate your voice to these larger entities at a much easier way. It's usually a couple clicks. You know, you fill out your name, email address, and you press a couple clicks and, you know, you sign a few petitions. And then, like I said, support financially through buying those those packs and i'm pretty sure like every cigar in those packs are absolute bangers like they they're like really good cigars so oh yeah there's oh yeah opus x there's andalusian bowl yeah. there's it's it's a Tatuajes, no limited so, stuff is in there yeah there's, there's good stuff in there you know and i and like i said i can't i can't we can't i don't know we bring it up all the time but uh it's it's a struggle living here and enjoying premium cigars and uh it would it would be a tragedy to see it happen in the states and um, yeah, there's there's lots of work to do at a, a small, you know, uh, state level and uh, and at the federal level as well. So just, uh, you know, 
every every little bit helps from everyone every little bit helps from every person absolutely Uh, and this is proof and this is proof of it absolutely Uh, absolutely it's very important um and and you know follow all those those trade organizations like the cigar rights of america sign up become a member follow you know premium cigar association um you know make sure you follow those guys get in get in touch with them and uh, get on their mailing list and stay just stay in just stay in contact follow us i mean we cover all that stuff too i mean that's our job so um you know and, and just and just pay attention to it when you can because um you know there's a, there's a lot of important stuff that comes out um but mo- but moving on uh moving on to other topics um and i gotta kind of keep this rolling along um uh, but you know we did just come back from pca jose we saw you at pca as we kind of touched upon earlier uh, first and foremost, I want to ask you, what did you think of the trade show this year? Your likes, dislikes, whatever you got, what did you think of the show this year? Well, I think the show was very good, and uh, it proves a point also that uh, we saw some of the people, the uh, big companies, came back. Yep. I think their agenda was totally different from ours. I have a lot of friends that run those companies. I think they uh, they miscalculated, didn't believe that... Uh, the PCA and the CRA and a group of uh, 10 companies could come up with a big win for the industry. Yep. I think some other companies uh, are coming back. Uh, we'll see them in March. But again, to all those big companies, and I know maybe the, the big wigs don't hear it, but they have their guys. We know that hear everything. Let's all stick together. Let's just make this industry stronger because we have a common enemy. That's the FDA, that's the government, that's the states, that's the city. So to me, the show was very good. Uh, saw a lot of uh, new brands. Uh, I think the Boutique Association, uh, they had, uh, I think the show for them was very good. For all the established companies, uh, it was good. And uh, I think next year we're going to have another great year. Because a lot of people that haven't been in the show in years because their good months are June, July, can't leave the shops. So for them to come out in March and, you know, like in the Midwest and the upper Northeast or or the Northwest, it's going to be cold. So it's going to be vacation time for them. Look, to be honest, the, the PCA, they have changed a lot of stuff. I mean, I've been dealing with RTDA, then it was IPCPR. I used to be on the advisory committee and things that we said many, many, many years ago, it just didn't get through. And I think the things are getting through to them now. Look, this has to be a win-win situation for the manufacturers, but it has to be a win-win situation also for the retailers. Because when those two win-win situations occur in harmony, it's a win situation for the consumers. Even though our show, different other shows, the consumers do not go, but they read about everything that's happening. They read it from you guys. They read it from Coop. They read it from Afrio. They read it from Cigar Aficionado. They read it from everybody, and they want to know the good, the bad, the ugly, and they want to know about everything. Because why? It's because of the impact that social media has had in our lives and in the life of the industry, the retailers, the media, and then the consumers. So I think overall, uh, a great show. I think next year is going to be another great show too. So 
continue to support, you know, the PCA, support your, uh, your CRA. And I think that next year is going to determine a lot how the future years are going to be because of the change of the month where it's going to be. And to be honest, we always wanted it to be or March or April. And I'll tell you why. First of all, for a lot of people, they can go. They wouldn't go in the summertime. But more than that, it gives an opportunity for the companies. And I'll tell you why. You go to the show in July and you're a retailer and you go to XYZ company that's coming out with a new line extension and you order, okay, give me uh, three sizes, five boxes of each. When are you going to ship? Well, we're gonna, we think we're going to ship in October. So October goes by, you don't get it. November goes by, you don't get it. December goes by. And that first week of January where it's damn cold, where you don't have any money because you had to pay all those bills, that invoice comes in. But now you're going to have a lot of months of anticipation to prepare for all those cigars and at least try to get them between August, September, and October. So when November and December come in, that uh, shop that's supporting you buying those cigars can sell them. I right. think that I, I think that's one of the things that's going to help the show a lot. Yeah, it's going to be exciting to see what the attendance level is like the next couple of years with the earlier in the year. Um, next year we're in Vegas. The year after that we're going to New Orleans. So yep. that also will be interesting um, to see if location affects the mm -hmm. way you know how many retailers come they like going there better um you know I, there's a lot of us that have talked about new orleans and been a little skeptical about how that might go based on the experiences that have happened in the past but um still you know i i think the pca the pca knew that they had to go for it they had to try this um so they're doing it so uh, you can't really fault them for that. You know, they, they got feedback from people. Hey, we want to go somewhere else. You know, okay. it's tricky to find a place that, you know, we can host this trade show. It's not easy. Um, a lot of it has to do with the smoking, but, um, you know, they're, they're putting okay. together a trade show and we'll see how it goes. And, you know, I'd be curious to see what the attendance is like from that show for, okay. for retailers. Matt, give me, give me a minute, please. Oh, sorry. Yes. Yeah, I think a lot of people, like you said, uh, you know, especially like a lot of media, they've been doing it for a long time, even companies and, and retailers. Uh, the last New Orleans show, again, both of us weren't there and we can only go based off of what we've heard and and seen so far. Uh, you know, we're looking at a, a different time of the year and B, we're looking at, like even Jose already mentioned, we're looking at a different PCA organization that actually at least so far has been listening to feedback from all sources from manufacturers from media from uh from cons consumers and maybe not as much from consumers but from uh, retailers so i think that in itself might allow for new orleans to be a bit more of a success than it previously was um, i'm very hopeful uh i definitely also think that uh, having it closer to the East Coast, even though it's obviously not the East Coast, but having it closer to the East makes it 
also easier for a lot of companies, manufacturers, and retailers to get to the trade show. You know, a lot, a lot of people have to travel very far to get to Vegas. Um, obviously, for me and a few of the other guys on the team, it's really close. But I'd say, I don't know if this is true, but I'd say a majority of the industry is at either centrally located or easterly located in the United States. So I think geographically, uh, the New Orleans could be uh, a very good show. And then again, time of year now, you know, one of the biggest things people were complaining about was the intense heat and humidity and nowhere to smoke. But uh, at least from what I can tell, as March, Carl April, just pointed out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, March, March, April will most likely be better in terms of weather. And again, some of the things that have been th- thrown out to accommodate for the, the lack of places to smoke, hopefully those can be amended uh, for 2020. Was that 2025? I think is the trade show. Yes, 25. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, Matt, I'm fair. Matt, Matt yes. Mitchell, I'm, look, I have an emergency. I'm really sorry. Jasper is not feeling well. We might have to take him to, to the hospital. He's throwing up. It's been there for a while. So I'm really, really, really sorry about this. We'll probably... Uh, have to do another show. I don't have a problem doing it with you guys. Yeah, no so worries. I'm really sorry. One one of the things just to wrap it up. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's yeah, I'm I'm coming. Uh a couple of things. We're going to Dortmund. The Dortmund show is uh is coming up. That's very important. I think that one of the things that we have to look uh towards this year with all the new companies and all the new rulings that have come out, I worry a little bit about that everybody will, I don't have anything about anybody getting into the business, but my recommendation is this, if you wanna get into it, do it right. Go to someone that's making good cigars, even if you're gonna pay maybe 25 cents more for a cigar. But remember that consumers today know how to smoke more than they did two, three, four, five, ten years ago. Today, the cigar has to perform. You can ask $50 for a cigar. That's not a problem, but it has to be worth $50. You can't come out, you go to whatever country you want to go and all of a sudden, you know, come out with a $30, $40, $50 cigar with a beautiful box in the band. People will buy it. But that person who gave $30 for that cigar it has to be worth $30. There's people that go out to buy the best $4 cigar out there and they'll go to store to store and try to get the best thing they got. Okay, Jeff. Matt, I really have to go. Uh, we Don't worry about it, Jose. Family. Go ahead. Family first. We will definitely, definitely uh, do another show because we have a lot to talk about it. Mitchell, great to see you. Everybody's on the air tonight. Sorry, guys. It's uh, it's never happened before, but it is what it is. Thank you. Good night, guys. Thank you. Bye, Jose. Thank, Thank you. Family. Hope Jasper's better. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Um, I so we're gonna let Jose go. Um, and no, I, hope that, I, I hope that I, I hope that yeah, okay. it, it's too bad. I, I hope Jasper's doing okay. It, it sounded rough. Um, I uh, but yeah, like Barbara said right here, you, you got to take care of th- family first. Yeah, family um, first. I I hope that I hope he's okay. Um, I know that that that's that's tricky. So, um, what I what I did do, uh, 
I think Pete Johnson's going to jump on right now. Uh, oh. Just give me a moment. I'm talking to him. Uh, either one, but try to use. But yeah, like like you said, you know, as um, as the consumer becomes more educated, they look for a higher quality product. And if anything, everyone's looking for value. Like you said, it can be a $50 cigar, but is the experience worth $50 of your time, right? That's that's one of the biggest things, uh, you know, is the quality there, is the flavor there, is the cigar going to perform? Um, and uh, yeah, I think, I think hopefully, excuse me, with all these, uh, with all these new brands coming into the, or new companies coming into the industry, it, uh, it, it gives us, you know, an opportunity to grow, to learn, to, uh, you know, increase the visibility of the entire industry overall, right? And uh, yeah, I, th I think it's, I think it's going to be a good thing overall, but like you said, make sure the quality is there and make sure the, the price is worth the product. Yeah. Um, sorry. I'm, 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 I'm talking to Pete and no, I'm, for trying, sure. to, I'm trying to pivot I know, I'm because trying, I, I haven't had anyone to, leave the show like this. Um, but just for, in some space. no, 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 I appreciate it. No, you're doing your job. Uh, I'm trying to make sure that uh, I, I, yeah, I think I think Pete's gonna come how's, on. Cause how's I, your Lancero smoking? Let's let's talk about our cigars. It, it it's great. It's great. It's yeah. uh it's fantastic, and uh, I I do love this cigar. Um, it's it's I've had I've had several of these. Uh, I love this blend in the Lancero, um, and I, the reason being is because you know like we kind of got into a little bit deeply before, um, you can really taste the Cameroon. Yeah. Oh, Pete's coming on. He said he needs two minutes. Okay, sounds nice. good. Um, so, sorry, I just, I lost my train of thought. It's just been the camp, the Cameroon. Yeah. On the I'm, sorry. Story, I'm really so sorry. I'm, I'm all frazzled now. Um, no, yeah. You can really taste the Cameroon on this one, which, and the reason why I bring that up is, you know, obviously on the Lancero thinner ring gauge, you taste more of the wrapper, but that African Cameroon, the Cameroon wrapper that they get from the Mirafel family that, you know, Fuente uses, um, it is such a great tobacco. And it's so flavorful. And in the Lancero, yep. it, and it's a shame that they don't really mass sell these so that more and more people can try it. But for those who have and anyone who gets to try um, these in the Lancero, um, it, it really is an ex especially if you like that tobacco. Um, if you like the, the regular Don Carlos line, um, you, you really get an appreciation for that wrapper tobacco because you can taste it so much more. And it's so flavorful. And I, you know, I'll be honest with you. I, I always smoked, like, the number two. And um, I, I love the Don Carlos, you know, the personal reserve, the short ones. Those are great. But I never really realized how much flavor and how strong that wrapper is until mm -hmm. I started smoking it in the Lancero. And it, it, it's it's wonderful. It really is. I really And like I said, the construction is fucking great. It's perfect. It's perfect. Um, <laughs> sorry, I'm just reading the comments here. Uh, Carl, Carl's with us, and and Carl, thanks for being here with us. Uh, Matt, on a live show, you've got to know how to how to tap dance. Yeah, I, I, I'll be honest with you. I, I know how to do the dance. I've never, I've, I've never, I've never had someone leave abruptly for an emergency, which is totally excusable, and I, I don't hold that against Jose. But then also have another high profile guest 
Say come in at the last second where I send out a text message, hey, can you jump on because so-and-so left and I know you got shit to talk about. And they're like, yeah, give me two minutes. And then they're coming on. So, I mean, and then having to transition a whole show, like why you're already on the air. Um, it's, this is a first for it's me. It's fun, it's fun times. It is. It's fun times. It's always, it's always a learning experience. I'm going to uh, very yes. unprofessional lean over and, and, and refocus my camera because for some reason it went out of focus. Uh, how is your Casa Fuente smoking? <laughs> If I'm not wrong, this is also Cameroon. I'm pretty sure on the Casa Fuentes. I'm not a hundred percent sure on the blend. Uh, yeah, you know, it's... I was I was trying to look it up. It's really hard to find the blend on these. Um, maybe the Fuente site might have it, but so with the Casa... I, I swear I heard someone say it's it's Cameroon. Well, I think I think there's two different. I think there's a Cameroon, and I think there's another version. I could be wrong though. Yeah. I think there's a Maduro version that is not Cameroon. Yes, but I think there's the, a Maduro, the and then I think there's the the Cameroon, just like the the natural, so to speak. Yeah, I think I think I have the natural here, but oh um, yeah, I'm I'm really enjoying this. Again, construction wise, you know, you've been seeing this entire show, just great inch to inch and a half, two inch ashes that I tend not to let my ash get too big, and it's been just rolling off nice and easy. Nice easy burn line, great draw on it. It's it's combusting great, and the flavors um, have been awesome through the entire thing. I always enjoy the Casa Fuente. Uh, it's it's a great blend for me personally. Yeah, you know they make some great cigars, and you know what's funny is I I think I talked about that blend with Jose before, and this was a few years ago, and he wasn't quite sure on it, and it's funny because. That was like one of the only cigars I don't even think I asked Carlito about when I was in the factory. We talked about a lot of different blends and tobaccos they use and how they do certain things. And the Casa Fuente is like the one cigar that I didn't actually pick his brain about. And I kind of kick myself for that now because it is a great cigar. And, and so many Fuente lovers know that cigar. And if you've ever been to Vegas yeah. you know, you, and you're a Fuente guy, you always go to Casa Fuente. It's just what you do. And... Um, you know, you go see, you go see, uh, you go see Michael at, at uh, shout out, shout out to him at uh, at Casa Fuente. Um, some of you guys may have seen him before and not known who he is, but he, he runs the show over there. Um, guy with all the gold chains, I think they call him uh, Mickey Gold Chains, and uh, he, he's a great guy and, and and he runs a good show over there. But uh, but yeah, no, oh, sorry, here comes uh, here comes Tatuaje. Here comes oh damn! Look at that stud, dude! Look at this guy! Look at this guy! I know this guy. Who's this guy? Oh! Oh shit! Is that Pete Johnson? Fuck! Bringing in some heat. Yo, can What's you it? hear me? Yeah, we can. Okay, Loud I don't know clear. why I'm not connected to my AirPods. So let me see if I can connect. All right, go ahead. No. For what it's worth, you do sound pretty good. So. Yeah. How about? Yeah, I can hear you. All right, perfect. I don't know why I disconnected. Anyway, how are you? <laughs> good i've it's never done great. this before <laughs> uh jose Ho jose oh jose's son uh, is not feeling well and, and he he's like i gotta go i gotta take him to the hospital and i was like okay so i'm like well i i might as well see if pete's around because there's a lot there's a lot of hubbub going on right now um and i don't know if abe's available i texted abe too if he wants to jump in here too but uh, but Pete, you're here. Thanks for doing this like so last minute. I appreciate it. You know what's crazy? I'm sorry. In the middle, name again, please. Mitchell. Garrett, no, Mitchell. Sorry, I get get you all mixed good. up. Mitchell on the main screen with the three of us. 
you are next to me and you have this blue wall that kind of goes into my yeah yes. it goes into <laughs> my camera this way and it just looks weird like i have like more room than you <laughs> no i know what you mean yeah it it it's a it's a, like a weird optical illusion going on i bet you if i got rid of the plant it would look really weird like right there hey <laughs> like we're we're in like the same room, but just like they're painted. They're, there's like a wall that's just painted there. Yeah, but the problem is I have to point this way to reach over to you. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> High five. Anyway, it's just that's strange. I'm having one of those odd days. I've been running around like crazy, packing up Some boxes. Some might say it's uh, it's uh, it's anarchy out there. It's it is. It's it's an anarchy day. Uh, I, I managed to schedule myself for like three like things tomorrow and Friday. So, so I'm here with you and it, it even still says Jose Blanco. I'm Jose, I guess I'm Jose Blanco. <laughs> oh fuck. Let me change that. Hold on one second. I can do that. I, I, you know, Pete, uh, my favorite cigar that you make is uh, definitely La Riqueza. <laughs> hey, you know it, it goes right in because we we told the we told the story about you know uh, Jose smoking your cigar at the trade show. Yeah, you know, it's yeah, you remember that? Yeah, 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 yeah. How uh, when he called me? No, when he when I saw him at baggage claim and he called me fat, not in those words, but essentially that's what he said. And then <laughs> so he goes, "Oh, Mazzy, hello, how are you? Hey, you really put on some pounds." And I'm like, "Oh, wow, thanks." Hey, by the way. <laughs> I have no cigars. You have any cigars on you? And I pull out all my travel humidors and my luggage, and I'm like, uh, yeah, what do you need? And I pulled out um, Tatsuwahe Reserva Broadleaf. Uh, I can't remember which one, but I know it was a Broadleaf. And I, I was just rifling through. I go, here, is you going Tatsuwahe? He's like, yeah, give me that. And I go, okay. And then he left, and I had to go to the hotel. And then I saw you like two hours later after I went down to the circle bar, and you saw me, and you go, hey, you go, by the way, thanks for giving Jose Blanco some Tatawaye. And I'm like, I mean, yeah, no problem. <laughs> what a night. I get insulted, but then I had stuff to give a cigar out. It's crazy. So how long do you plan on letting this go? Because it might be good if Abe does come on. Only because I was also supposed to have a meeting with my brother and Dan. And I, I told them that I had to get on a podcast real quick. Um, <laughs> Is this I mean live, by the way? Yeah, you're in front yes. of the audience right now. This is live. Oh, howdy, guys. What, where are we? On Facebook or what are we Facebook, on? Facebook, YouTube, YouTube, Twitter. For those who follow my Twitter, I've been giving bid-by-bid -bid updates on the Anarchy NFT, uh, which if you're interested in that information, you should go follow us at twit on Twitter, at Smoking Tobacco, uh, where I've been giving pretty, pretty fast. No G. Tobacco. Yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm not gonna turn on the volume, but I'm gonna turn down the volume, and then so I can see the feed. There you go. Yeah, get those. Comments There's nobody going. watching, man. Oh, there they are. <laughs> they're there. They're there. They're on the. They're on all the. All, we're on four different platforms at the same time. So this the audience is kind of wow. spread out. Plus we are, plus, you know, we had a huge we had a huge crowd here for Jose, and then Jose left, and then people left because they didn't know you were coming. So, um, this well, is. I mean. <laughs> listen uh i'm just happy that uh people stuck around as soon as they heard that jose was leaving i was coming on i, f I expect people to leave <laughs> no way man 
I know. I know. They heard Pete Pete Johnson was coming on. They're like, I don't know that guy. I'm getting out of here. Um. Oh, Abe's watching. Oh, Abe, Abe is watching. Yeah. Well, well, I told Abe. Abe yeah, Abe's got to get on eventually because I do have to have this meeting with my brother and Dan. He oh he just texted me just saw this need me yes I'm gonna tell him yeah get on here <laughs> yes absolutely <laughs> um I'll try to yeah. <laughs> I got the hello at four L's it's probably because I had my do not disturb on and I didn't see his message until right now um so yeah Abe I sent you the link get on here just as fast as you can whatever Pete can't stay too long so. Uh, well, I'll get right to it then. So Pete, since you're here, cause I don't want to hold you up then. And then I'll, I'll get into it with Abe. Um, first one sold today, hundred thousand yeah. dollars. You gotta be feeling good about that. I mean, that's, that's more than LFD did with, with all of theirs. I think the highest theirs was like 98,000, 98. Well, I mean, something. you would know, you actually told me the dollar amounts. <laughs> I did. I did. I think it was 98,000. <laughs> I think it was 98,000. Um, but I know, I know for a fact you guys, you guys did more. So you did a hundred thousand on the first one. You still got uh, five more to go because Abe, Abe's holding back the seventh one for Smoke In. Um, and I know there's already bid actions going on the second one. But and I and I know that you know Abe's kind of put a lot of it together, and you've kind of focused. I know you've said you focus more on the cigars and 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 whatnot. But uh, it's gotta, yeah. it's gotta, it's it's gotta be, it's gotta be kind of a that feeling of relief. Like shit, people actually. People actually bought into this thing. We sold the first one. <laughs> Dude, I, I, I said it from the beginning, and I told Abe when he pitched it to me, I said, I don't know. I almost feel like it's like kind of like jumping the shark. And you know the term, right, from Happy yeah. Days and the Fonzie jumping the shark. And it's been used over and over again throughout the years since that episode. Um, but, yeah, ultimately, Abe was coming at me with these – crazy you know things to add to it and now he's got this nfc which is this chip that he's gonna put on every box there he is there he is but i was the only thing i was worried about is trying to impress him with this freaking humidor that i made the big triangle and <laughs> the big triangle which is able no it's not an easy thing to uh, ship and it's not an easy thing to find boxes for either but uh i was i was happy that uh you know, obviously the cigars came out great. I'm really happy with that. That's the first and you know, most important thing. The challenge was like, I don't make humidors. I don't have a good contact to make humidors. So I, I challenged the box factory to come up with something really cool. And I think they, you know, based on a drawing on a piece of paper, they did a great job. I mean, it was, it, it's definitely unique. And I, I mean, I've seen it because, you know, Mitchell's seen it because, you know, we were at the trade yep. show and it was on display. And it was, um, I don't know why I thought it was like just a little smaller, uh, but I saw it and I was like, shit, that thing's pretty big. Um, like, Jeez, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a yeah, massive I triangle. Thought it was be <laughs> I, I actually so thought it was going to be smaller. But yeah, it, it's going to definitely be a showpiece. I think Abe actually has a triangle in his uh, store window don't you abe in the vintage room yeah your vintage room is a triangle so i think this will actually fill up the whole triangle (laughs) close it's actually close yeah abe welcome to the show buddy sorry i didn't mean to leave you hanging there (laughs) no man it's it's uh we're just having dinner we just started i saw the text and i didn't know if pete actually jumped on or not so i went to go look to see if uh 
something happened. I hope everything is right. Uh, you know, all right with um, I'm not sure what happened, but you know, I'm glad to hop on. Yeah, no, Jose was with us, and then Jasper was really sick, and he's like, guys, I, I got to go. Jasper's really sick. We, we got to go to the hospital. I'm like, oh, okay, that's a problem. No, that's oh, no, no problem. And then uh, I just, on my feet, I'm like, let me see if Pete Neighbor around, like, on this very short notice, because uh, this would be a great time for them to jump on the show. So uh, thank you both for being able to jump on here last minute. I, like I said, I know it's kind of quick, but I – I pivoted fast. I, I did the best I could do. So, um, and given how successful you guys have been today and what everything that's been going on, you were the first two people I thought of. And I said, let's see if they are available because we were going to talk about this anyway, but now we can kind of talk about it a little bit more. Pete, I know, I know you're kind of on a time crunch, so I don't want to keep you too long. Whenever you got to go, just, just let me know. Um, no, sorry. Yeah. I, I'm like, I've been, I was literally in the middle of, uh, doing some artwork for a box, for something and uh i had no plans on getting on a on a call until my brother texted me and said that we want to talk tonight about uh about uh sales program so i was like oh shit yeah i forgot about that because i've been doing so many of these things that i i need to get a calendar put together i guess you know you're starting to become yeah. like jose you're getting old school you get you know you gotta you know he's you know i know you're 50 now and you know, the mind no, starts to... <laughs> I'm on my way to 53. I'm oh, that's right. 53. That's right. You're on your way to 53. That's even worse. You're getting even older. <laughs> Thank right. you, Matt. Appreciate that. It's hey, okay. You know, it's okay. You, you still look young, You don't Pete. look a day over 40. <laughs> By the way, Matt, that Bulls t-shirt wasn't fitting you too well at the trade show. <laughs> you know what, Pete? Really? You're going to do that? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> I guess wow, I deserve that. Right. I guess none I deserve my, that. None of my shirts fit me well anymore either. <laughs> I guess I deserve that. I did that to myself. Oh man! And I know, and Abe's here, and you know, and Abe, Abe's no stranger to talking shit too. You know, he'll he'll put people in their place. So I got to be careful. I can't talk shit with Abe because he'll 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 roll over me. So uh, <laughs> that's one. Well, how many times? Poke. How many times have you paid Abe a five dollar bill or a signed? I never Bill. have. Oh, I don't think Matt's lost one yet. Uh, not yet. Wow. Not, not yet. Yet. See, I just key. make sure I don't bet with Abe. Exactly. That's that's <laughs> although, the first step. Although don't I would bet Bill Abe. right now because I told him that it wouldn't go for for this much money. Really? Well, the, I, the I over did. under was eighty, but we, right? Uh, but I did, but I did not bet him. So there's, <laughs> I'm <laughs> smart. I don't bet him. Yeah, you played that one safe. You would have been paying up, um, Abe. Let me get your let me get your thoughts and opinion. First one, hundred thousand. Uh, it's got to it's got to feel good, man. You know, the, it's a, so far it's a success. You know, you got people turned out, people started bidding, a um, lot of action, exciting to see. Um, you know, it's, what were your thoughts today when the first one ended? Uh, you know, I had a I had a bittersweet day today. It was kind of interesting i had a actually my, one of my first partners in smoke in uh for the first few years dear friend of mine um had to go spend the whole morning in the hospital with him uh he's not doing well so i oh, wasn't no. really sorry yeah you know I, I found out yesterday and it's one of the situations where you don't want to waste a day because you don't know there's a day to waste so um i was literally in the hospital when everything's going down and you know I wasn't able to talk or whatever. I texted a little bit with people, but um, obviously 
I heard the news when it happened, and he closed that door. He closed that door. Thank you. I heard the news when it happened, and you know, for me in my career, and, and, and you know, Pete and I were talking about it after this. It's always cool when you could break a barrier or set a record or do something. And um, we were talking about how, at least my personal feelings was that we've kind of now done something twice um, that was groundbreaking with the same cigar. Right. Yeah. With, yeah. The, with the same cigar. So, same um, this way. Yep. Thank you. My daughter's going to help me mount this thing because I kind of get in there last time, so I have to keep bouncing and shaking everything I'm talking about. <laughs> Thank you. It's a beautiful angle. So, too. yeah. You're better than the bouncing and the shaking, yeah? Yeah. So, um, <laughs> I mean, look, you know, look, it, it was, look, I, I, I had, and I, I don't know if your listeners have heard it, both Pete and I say this, the LaFleur people were amazing and helping us out. In fact, John is still helping me out, um, working with me on, on getting these NFC chips done. They've been stellar. They've been excited for us. And obviously, they, they saw something that I'll tell you right off the bat. I was a retailer who didn't get it when it first came came through. And um, I think being a retailer myself gave this project an advantage in the fact that I had a retailer perspective on what I thought would be valuable, what I thought would be exciting for me as a retailer because I knew my consumer base and Pete's fans would be excited about. And I think that today was very successful. I think, you know, you know, the rest of these are, are, are going to prove to be successful, whether it's less or more at this point. I don't think it's it's the barometer of how successful it is. I think the real success, as far as I'm concerned, is what happens when these projects land at retailers, all over, you know, the, or the, the final NFT holders. If it's a consumer, he's a collector, nothing. But I know the first person that won it is a retailer. My assumption is, I think Coop and I do have a bet that there'd be no more than one consumer who who will obtain an nft so coop coop has two or more i have one but um i think it's definitely a retailer play i think even at the value of what it was acquired today myself as a retailer i see phenomenal value of it and it's it's kind of funny because you're watching a lot of comments by consumers because it's really it wasn't made for an end consumer or and most people don't under, even understand the package or they're off the wall thinking that you know, people are just bidding on a piece of art, but it wasn't. And that was what the retailer side of me bought. I knew Pete and his skills and his talents and what he's built with the brand and his company, uh, what we did with the first time this was released and even the, the second release in 2015. So um, Pete did his magic and Pete did it brilliantly. I mean, and uh, I think that fans all across the country will be looking for these cigars to record because... We had them. We had them up until I think they were in my rare vintage room in 2017. Maybe was this the last time there might have been some floating in my rare vintage room. And that's a cigar that my company will still get emails to date, looking, wondering if we still have any. Either they come across an article or they just heard about it, and you know we're like, yeah. So for me, the victory is to have this 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 historic cigar, in my opinion. Now it's going to be available, even though it's in limited small quantities every year for fans and consumers to smoke and appreciate. And I think that's where the real success of this project will, will, will be long-term. No, Abe, uh, I have to tell you this story, though, just real quick. I know you're going to jump into something else, but 
I was talking to my wife about it. She goes, how long do you have to make this? I go, no, forever. (laughs) (laughs) And she goes, there's not like a 10 year thing. I go, no, it's, it's forever. And I go, eventually when I'm not doing it, the kids get to do it. So they better be prepared that they're going to have Abe's kid calling them saying, where's my boxes. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we've been asked this question and there's no, there's no real reason why this ever really ends unless one of the companies becomes defunct. And I'll be honest with you, actually, even if my company becomes defunct for some reason, you know, Peak is still handling it, but there's no reason because even if down the road, 10 years, one of us becomes acquired, the binding agreement between our two companies becomes, you know, a, a still binding agreement. So um, yeah, there's no yeah. reason for this to end outside of a, a real apocalypse. Now, now for those who don't know, you know, like you said, a lot of people think, oh, you're just buying an NFT piece of art. And you guys have kind of stepped up the level of what is actually being offered with the purchase of this NFT. Uh, off the top of your head, you, what, what are all the items being given to the, to the purchaser of the, of the NFT? You want me to feel this one, Pete? Yeah, all right. So um, I can I can feel it. <laughs> I mean, listen, Pete could tell you about the cigar and the cigar page. I'm gonna be honest with you, I had nothing to do with that. Pete was sending me pictures while it was in progress and finished. I think he created a pretty badass humidor for for a company that doesn't make really humidors, right? And he made this kind of really cool package. They're all numbered. They're, they're I've seen it live. If you've been to the trade show, you've seen it. It's pretty spectacular piece and and the boxes. So Pete can tell you about that part and I can tell you about the utility and the rest. Yeah, I sure. mean, again, I came I came from um, a retail background also. So when Abe kept on pitching me these new added added items to this thing, I, I kept on thinking about whoever ended up with the package and ended up with the product. I, I, I was always pushing for them to get a little bit more, even to the point where I subconsciously went from a 60 count humidor to a 75 count humidor by accident. And that's probably why the, the triangle is so big, but um, yeah. And, and I also wanted to make sure that the, that the cigar it, that's inside the humidor, not so much the cigar, but that the packaging on the cigar was slightly different than the boxes of 15 that go out on the regular play. So I made sure that the band was different on the on the band on the cigars that are in the humidor just slightly there's a double double holographic foil on the top and bottom of uh the humidor cigars and then of course the regular cigars are the picture that you posted earlier matt where it has uh the white or cream color up top that says nft edition yep so i'm always thinking in the sense of like i want to give it more added value and then abe started showing up with how about this this uh, Zykar Perfect Cutter that no one has yet? How about this ashtray, this crystal ashtray that matches the artwork and the cutter matches the artwork? And then, boom! How about a line to Dupont? Like, Which, how do you? I'm like, how do you get a one of one line to Dupont? They don't make them. No. So Serendip- thanks to Serendip- that man. <laughs> yeah. As well as they are, they're also getting a uh, framed version of the piece of art. Is that correct? To like hang in their physical store. So not only are they getting the digital copy, but an actual piece, yeah. one of one piece of art. Yeah. So Abe's got a, definitely got a lot of stuff to box up. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, what resonated with me on the floor and at the drop was the cigars. That that's a that's something that's tangible for the retailer. So I really wanted tangibility because I'm not going to lie. The value of a digital brand. I mean, look. One of the things that we did differently, which John actually commended me on, was make seven unique pieces of art, right? So everybody really is technically getting the original technical piece of art. Now, the value of hiding that on some, whatever they call it, blockchain or in your or whatever it is, to me, that didn't relate. So I said, look, this whole thing really started out was the winner would get that human art. And I insisted on making a quality print. So someone could at least say they could hang it in their office. I mean, these are actually pieces like old infamies in my home. They're pieces of art. All right. So at least I got something tangible on it. And then the value would be in the cigars. And I happened to walk in accidentally um, on a meeting that my operations guy was, was having with this department. This man was there. And um, one of the representatives from Paris was there. And we were talking. Uh, about DuPont, I've been in the business 27 years. How DuPont is trend? How is DuPont trending with the younger generation? You think? And I mean, honestly, just off the cuff of my head, I said, hey, you know, I'm, I'm kind of working on this pretty exciting new thing. And I think it'd be cool if you guys wanted to get involved. And I showed it to him. I showed him the art. I showed him what I was asking. They didn't even know if he could do it. He showed it. So I didn't tell Pete about this for a while. Because for a while, we were just going back and forth. With, with to Paris to um, to even see if this was possible. And then there was legal legal side of it. We had to make actually some changes to one of the pieces of art to, to conform with their legal department. So this is going back and forth. So while this is going back and forth, I had, um, I was working with Zycar on developing the XI-1, perfect version of their XI-1 putter. And, um, you know, we have, Smoking has an exclusive on that cutter now for the rest of this year. I think next year it's going to be sold to everybody. But, uh, you know, I just thought it'd be cool because it just seemed like a natural evolution. And I just said, God, wouldn't it be cool the first seven cutters? They literally had to rush a half a dozen cutters b- before the lot came here so that we could have had them in time to get to the trade show. Um and to do the photography and whatnot. Uh, but they were, they were literally the first seven perfect cutters that were ever used or made. So you have that, then it was only tangible to the ashtray. So it was just kind of a, an evolution process of making these collectibles that were tangible that retailers would not only be excited and consumers excited about, but there'd be a genuine package there. I mean, I'm, I'm already working with a carpenter to figure out a very special display that I'm going to put in my rare and vintage room. It's going to encase the whole thing. And I'm going to put a silly price on it. I really hope no one ever buys it. I don't want to really sell it, you know. But I'm going to put, like, a number that like, I just probably won't be able to say no on it. And then that, if that happens, it happens. <laughs> I mean, I, I, yeah, it's an, emo- it's, it's an emotional thing because I, don't, I only have one. I don't want to give it up. But, you know, I mean, we're in the business. So I, I don't know. It may be so stupid that I guarantee no one will ever offer it to me. And if they do, I won't feel that bad. You know, I don't know. But the cigars and, and the cigars and the the anarchy cigar that now will historically be available um ongoing is is I think the pinnacle of this whole project. Everything else is just really kind of temporary. 
Um, but those will be around forever. I think Peace fans and, and the, the fans of the Anarchy Cigar out there will hunt whoever has these boxes and it'll bring a, it'll bring another tangible value to savvy retailers who can understand that. I remember <coughs> being, I don't know, what was the second or third Unlucky 13, Pete? I, I can't remember, but it was one of the early You were ones. second. Yeah, second. What, which was the unfortunate year because that was the year I, I really screwed up the packaging. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I laugh about it now, but it's still it's still painful to think about. Yikes! So this is this is before Facebook, really before social media was big. We I don't even know if I had a web presence at this time. Maybe we had just started. What year was that? Roughly the second or third one, Pete? Well, it would have been two thousand nine. Second one. Yeah. So so it was fresh, literally. Like we were a year old. You know, having a website still looked stupid as hell, and people didn't know us. But when Pete put a Pete put a bulletin board, I think we're all on bulletins. When Pete made a comment of, "Here's the unlucky 13, man, I, I'm telling you, our phones ran off, rang off the hook for about three days. You know, I mean, you know, it was, it was a pettance amount of boxes we were getting, more than significantly more than 15." But people all over the country never heard of never were calling us. I believe that this project for retailers um, who acquire it is going to bring that kind of value too. That people will seek them out because none of us are going to have that many. You know, I could sell 420 boxes in a month, less than a month, maybe in a day if I had it myself. So to to have these, I think that if you had a yearly, I think if you had the the year the yearly allotment yourself, you would probably sell them out in one day. Yeah, so it's, yeah. It's, so people will seek these other retailers if they call this favorite retailer and he doesn't have it, they're going to go down the next and next list. So there's a huge tangible value in the project just on a um, utility level, a brand level, a history level of cigar. Um, the, the involvement of Pete and his long history and, and, and reputation as an industry. Um, it's going to be an exciting uh, next couple of days, but. You know, I just didn't know which way to go to the one that nobody was interested. So I'll tell you, Abe. Sorry, Abe. Thinking about it though, just thinking about it now, like I have one way I could have done a better job with the whole thing, and I'm going to tell you how, and it's it's gonna (laughs) it's gonna really piss you off that we didn't think of it earlier. If I had made secondary bands with all the individual artwork, and only those NFT holders got those ones with secondary bands for their NFT. So a secondary band with the artwork on it would have gone to each person that owned the NFT, wait for it. And that, that would make it more of a collector thing. So because the, the end consumer would want to get all seven. Oh, great idea. You know, Pete, there's always year two. <laughs> it's never too late. You know, only one is sold. There's, 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 there's always no, but the cigars are, the, the cigars literally landed on Abe's dock, loading dock, as the auction was ending. Oh wow! Damn! Wow! Yeah, literally, literally. Was, people, I couldn't respond, but people texting me pictures. Hey, it's arrived. I guess your driver must have been sending you pictures. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he he sent me a he sent me a picture just to proof of delivery. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, that's something that I think. But see. That's why I like working with a guy like Pete. Look, I mean, this project's basically done. And we're still thinking about 
how it could have been better. And, you know, that's the nice thing about it is, is that you make see year two and they come out in that fashion. You know I mean? It's, it, it, it's, it, it's, 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 it's exciting to have been involved in this. Um, I really called Pete and I thanked him. I said, thanks for trusting me. You know, because I'll be honest with you, you know, Pete will tell you, he just not, didn't really get it. I kind of had to explain him. That, that was going to be my next about. question. Like, did, did I, Abe, I know you said at first you didn't get it. And you kind of figured it out. But Pete, did, like, when you heard this, were you like, nah. what the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I told you earlier I was super hesitant. I mean, I, I, I told yeah. Abe first off, I thought we were going to be jumping the shark or something. But uh, he proved me wrong, and he came up with an amazing utility package. I mean, I did my part with the cigars and the box that they're coming in. But, you know, when he started adding all these cool things to it, it was just like, okay, that's exactly – like, I felt – better and better about the project and more confident that, that people would respond to it. So I think adding that utility package really makes a huge di a difference in the, in the final, the final result. So Abe, you remember that thing you showed me the other day? Yeah. That could still be the thing that you put the individual artwork on. Yes. And probably a lot. Oh. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Something's brewing right now. Oh, I think the, the, I think a lot the of only, the only the only problem is that wouldn't work with box buyers. Yeah, 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 true. A, yeah. a lot of listeners right. seem to want to know when when can they expect these cigars to be hitting retail? Well, shelves? so well, not only that, but who, so when the so once they're all sold, and the NFTs are completed, and everyone knows who owns what, right? When do those owners get that first batch of the cigars? So the first thing would be to ship the utility packages um, uh, to get those um, because those are really ready. There now, all the processing and paperwork finishing up from Eureka. I'm not sure what the anyway is. Um, I'll probably ship these all out at the same time. So you know, I don't know what the timeline is between the last auction, which I think is the first of September or something like that, where the last one ends. Okay. Um, but I, I, I can't imagine it's more than a two. Uh, the utility packages um, go out because those will be paid for. Um, I'm going to guess by the end of September. So the humidor and the lighter, all that stuff for each guy will go out. And the cigars will probably go out shortly after that. So it's kind of nice because the beginning of October is actually the fourth quarter of this year. So it kind of works out to an annual calendar as far as quarterly allocations. We'll get October, November, and December. Um, it's just that we're figuring out how that transaction wants to go and, you know, the payment method for that, depending on who gets the final NFTs, whether it's a consumer or another retailer. And, um, but I'm, I'm going to predict pretty confidently by the end of the first or second week of September, utilities and cigars should be landed at the NFT owners. By, by, the, by the first or second week of October, yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's a quick turnaround, too. And, um, you know. Well, our stuff is done. We're not waiting on anything. Right. Really, it's just legal and paperwork and all that hoopla. And, and the only reason why the cigars are, might come a little bit later is not just the invoicing and the payment, because now there's a separate transaction. I, I'm trying to make sure we get this NFT technology. And John is actually helping to get it together. We were trying to get a company to figure it out, and John friendly just gave up and said, "Yeah, I'll show you how to do it." So, um, 
Yeah, so uh, we can get these NFC, NFC chips to work the way we want them to. It's going to be really cool because the guy who won today's NFT will actually get a box. It will be NFC chips 1 through 15. So that box will be historically tracked if someone never opens it or smokes it. Five years from now, that'll know, they'll know that's box number one or 10 or whatever. Right, right. So, um, that's pretty cool but stuff. I'm, I'm, guessing this, yeah, I'm guessing this all can really be out there by the, you know early, mid-October. Now, one of the questions I wanted to ask both of you is, so I know that there's been multiple um, Tatuaje Anarchies. There was also the Chaos, which yep. is a different cigar. Now that was also a micro blend, Abe. Well, the Anarchy, which was our first micro blend that was released in 2010, was its own unique shape, size, and everything. Um, and then in 20, it, it became like a series. Um, honestly, I actually trademarked the Four Horsemen and every Horseman because eventually I just thought it would evolve into that whole theme of where that was going. Um, so in 2012, we released Apocalypse. Which Apocalypse had a different rapper, right? What's that? Apocalypse. That was a different rapper, yeah. Apocalypse was Broadleaf, and that was a shorter, right. much shorter size. Right. It was that a was shorter a size. Cigar. It was a shorter size, the same uh, shape a little bit. Um, shorter size, red band. Apocalypse. That was in 2012. In 2015... Uh, Pete made 666 boxes of an anarchy, a, anarchy again, but we called it Redux. And those actually had different bands. It's funny, when we started this project, I got everybody texting me anarchy pictures. I actually had another retailer who has an original box in 2010. I offered to buy it from somebody who didn't sell it to me. Because I don't even have one. Um, and Danny Dickowich, Pete, next time you're up there, see if you can just snag it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, he's got an Abe, I wouldn't be surprised if Danny ends up bidding on on uh, one of these packages. He was interested. Yeah, he was one of the retailers I talked to a lot at the trade show. So 2012 was Anarchy. Uh, then 2015 was the Redux. And then it wasn't until 2020 that we made Chaos. And that was a trademark I was holding on to for a long time. So we made the Chaos, which was basically the same blend as the original Anarchy. It was a normal Toro shaped size cigar with the the, the, you know, the trademark little. Yeah, that was that was actually yeah. a, a like a one hundred and nine shape, but a shorter version of it. So the one hundred and nine is kind of a weird bellicoso slash uh, round head. It's 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 kind of a weird morphed head, and then I put that little honey bun on top of it. Um, so that was a straight cigar. Um, of course, the original Anarchy is a, is a perfecto. The size is actually based off of my original, um, my original Avion 11, but also obviously altered to give it the shape that it has. It's very specific, for sure, because you take the mold of the Avion 11, which we eventually box press, but when it's round, we actually shave off a little bit of the top, the head, then apply the uh, the honey bun. But then the foot gets cut a little shorter, so it's not as pointed. It's more of like a a cross between an, like a straight cigar and a, and a perfecto, because the the foot's more opened up instead of, or what we call the mouth of the cigar is more opened up compared to the avion, which is, comes to a point. So it's open, 
But it also tapers down. Yeah. Yeah. For lack of better words, I hate using this word, but it comes to like a little bulb. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh. All right. That makes sense. <laughs> now, it's an awkward so, word, right? When, when we were doing the chaos in 2020, Pete was our honorary guest for the pre-event dinner at the Great Smoke. So we thought it'd be a good idea to give everybody, because the, the Great Smoke was in February. I think we released chaos in end of March. So we thought it'd be cool if everybody who got the dinner would get a free pack of the chaos before anybody else in the country. That was kind of a little dinner gift. Right. So Pete loved, Pete loved the idea of this nice little coffin. And all the, once again, in, in Pete Johnson fashion, he starts texting me pictures. Hey, I was thinking about, you know, trying a different wrapper on one of these and maybe putting it in there as a surprise. Or whatever. And he showed me a picture and it was a lighter wrapper. And one of the trademarks I had was, um, well, it was Death, because he's one of the four horsemen, and he wore, he rode a pale horse. So I just threw that name out there and he liked it. And that's how that pale horse happened. So I think we only had 300 packs that were made for that dinner. So I think Pete only made like 330 cigars ever of the pale horse that was in the chaos version. So I had people offering me stupid amounts of money for that cigar. Um, that night, they wanted to give me three hundred dollars for a cigar. They wanted to give me for a cigar. It was just crazy because it was one that they could never get another one again. They, you know, you got one pack with a the dinner. There were guys who were happy they bought their wine. So I went to Pete. I said, "Wouldn't it be cool if like these NFT owners would get a special fifteen count of a pale horse version of the original?" OG Anarchy, and he loved it. And once again, he ran with it again. So on the Pale Horse, those are one time that come yeah. with the NFT. So then, so that's not part of the continued production. That's whoever gets the NFT, they get one batch, and then those are gone, and then it's just the regular NFT. Yeah, I'll, I'll be honest. I was talking with uh, Jose Ortega, who is the vice president of sales for my father today. And we talked about the the pale horse that's in the humidor, and if someone someone were to break open the humidor and sell those pale horses, I can't even imagine what those things will sell for, because there's a hundred and five of them. That's it. Wow. Wow. But then if you break open the pale horses, then you ruin the the whole package humidor. So that's true too. Well, I, I mean, it's interesting. I can think of twenty marketing ways I could break open that humidor and make packages and promos with the inside and probably make more money. But I don't want to, my heart won't allow me to break it up. So it's just interesting what retailers want to do. Abe, your sound's cutting out a little bit. Just so you, do you have your AirPods in or is it your phone? Let me ask you something. Did that get any better for you? Mm, not really. No, no. Let me try it. I got my AirPods in. Oh, no, any better? It's a little bit. It's more consistent. Now. Let me see here. Sorry. I just figured I'd let you know now. Can you hear me any better? No, that's so. worse. Yeah, it's worse. <laughs> Hold on. Let me do one thing. I had to go outside. Shut this off here. Oh, see, that, that, that's actually crystal clear, whatever yeah. you're doing. But now you're you're motionless. Yeah, now you're frozen. I think well, he, I think he tapped out. Yeah, I'm trying to shut some things off here. 
It's a good frame. The concentrated face of Abe. It might make it quieter. Let's see here. Now I don't know how to get back onto the camera. Okay. Did you did, did you leave the window? I minimized it, but now I, I go to. Oh yeah, here it is. Yeah, yeah, there you are. All right. So, do I sound any better or worse? Yeah, you sound better because now it's not—it's not cutting in and out. It was like cutting in and out before, so like I'd hear you good, and then it'd be kind of drowned out. So now I can hear you. Probably your Wi-Fi. Yeah, it could be that. There we go. I think you're gonna be okay. <laughs> it's a little better it's now. Hot out, bro. <laughs> P, I, 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 I don't know. I, I don't want to keep you too long. Are we, are we keeping you from the meeting too? I don't want to hold you up. No, I'm gonna. I can probably say about another five minutes. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. We can make that work. Um, yeah. Like I said, I, I, I didn't even plan on this. So now I'm like kind of starting the whole show over from scratch. But I don't. If you gotta go, just tell me when you gotta go. Um, I appreciate that, man. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you guys just coming on too. I mean, like I said, I was just trying to salvage the rest of the show time um but no i mean it, it's exciting i mean the second one just as an update for anyone who who is tracking this so the second one is live it, it started at 12 noon today um and it will run until friday at noon um unless of course i anticipate the overtime aspect which i need to explain this uh yeah, please, like... because i was confused too you oh I, okay i <laughs> so we learned this last year when LFD did theirs. So, because they use the same platform, any bid that is placed on one of the auctions within the last 10 minute window will automatically extend it another 10 minutes. So, when you get down to five minutes, someone makes a bid, now it's 15. And then you get down to another six minutes, now it's 16. It'll keep doing that until the bids stop. So, like, for example, it was supposed to end today at noon, but the first one ended at like 1.30. Um, yeah. because the bids just kept coming in and coming in and coming in. Um, so it will auto extend. Now the next one will start on time and will pretty much be going simultaneously uh, as that other one still wraps up because now the next one is on its schedule and it will go. So I anticipate because, you know, like I said, there's almost every single one of theirs last year did that. Um, and I already started with you guys. I anticipate that the rest of these will probably follow the same pattern. So as much as they end at 12, they probably will go past that uh, because, and especially at that time, right at the end, I mean, that's when people are, you know, putting in those bids. Cause you know, now it's crunch time and you know, people are going to go back and forth, back and forth. Um, so the, there was a whole extra hour and a half on this first one. So uh, it's, and, it's not like eBay where no. you can jump in at the last exactly. second and steal that's, the auction. No, they don't want somebody sitting there with a figure watching the clock three, two, and then hit set. Yeah. You know, they're trying to stop that, they're trying to make it fair for everybody. That's why they don't do that. But uh, NFT number two I think it's fair. is currently... I think my, my brother called it soccer mom rules. Soccer mom rules. <laughs> 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 NFT number two is currently at $45,000, uh, and it's uh, being bid on by Spitz6654. That's a I, new one. A new one. Today. I also saw a cigar hustler bid in at thirty-three thousand and two dollars, so I thought that was very interesting. Our boys at Cigar Hustler were uh, throwing some bids in there. I saw that too. Mm-hmm. 
And Jay Davis, I know, was bidding on the uh, on the first one as well. Um, but I think he tapped out between like forty and fifty thousand. Um, we also have Petrie, uh, or Petri, um, who was bidding on the first one for a while and has already been bidding on the second one. So, which is interesting, you know. It's, you know, I know people get excited, um, but people bid on these, and like the first one, people were there was a decent amount of bids in the first day, and it was funny because I'm like, you know, people are already bidding, but like they still got two days to go, so. You know, all you're all you're doing is really driving it up early, uh, which is great you for know, you guys. <laughs> Here's the thing. Here's the thing because I, I've been in kind of these bidding things, right? So when you see something low, and it's so low for a while, you're just so paranoid that it may actually go this this low. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. You know, and then you don't know like last hours, two hours. Like, well, you know, I don't want to maybe accidentally get tied up. Listen. Let me just throw the next highest bid because if no one's bidding on top of this guy, my bid may be the next bid. And I've done that myself, you know, in, in, in bids I've been in and in auctions I've been in. Especially especially timed ones like this. When you're there live and you're, you know, raising your hand, it's a lot easier not to worry about. There's less psychology. It's just a matter of how high you're willing to go. And in this, there's a lot of psychology just waiting and wondering and, you know, it's nuts. Yeah, it's it's it is interesting to watch people bid, and to see the patterns, follow the patterns, when people bid, how much they bid. Um, you know, it's funny. Like an eBay, you, you, Pete mentioned eBay before. I mean, I remember bidding on stuff on eBay back in the day, and like you see something, and you're like, oh, it's at like thirty two, but I'll pay like a max of like eighty for it, right? And so you throw yeah. in like eighty dollars, and then it just will like auto bid itself until it taps you out. But you can't do that with this. You you have to just manually stay on top of it and, and just keep putting in in the small increments, um, which I, I think plays an interesting role in it too. Because you can't just throw in like, all right, I'll pay this much for it, and it just it does it for you. Um, so yeah, it's very different, very different from eBay, which is yeah. interesting, very fun. Um, yeah, it was confusing because you, like you said, it kept on adding extra minutes. Like at one point, I saw like an extra fifteen minutes. I'm like. Oh, maybe it's a fifteen-minute thing. Every time, it, like it, it resets itself, and I was like, "This is going to go on forever if it keeps on happening like this." <laughs> oh, it, and it will if people want to keep bidding. It, it will, it will keep going, um, which well, is crazy. Didn't didn't one of uh, the Lafleur ones go really long over past like past the original auction time? I think the last probably one. the the last one that went for the most. I think that that took forever to close. It did. Yep. Yeah. I mean, your th- that last one you guys had today. I mean that 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 was considerably long. I mean, Lafleur is like most of them that went over only went over like thirty minutes, thirty thirty forty minutes. I think with like most of them. That last one went a while. I think the first one went like a solid forty minutes. Um, I mean, the one today, the hour and a half. That actually might be the longest one. Um, that was that was quite a while, um, and it was crazy to see because I remember following it. And I was at work and I was following this thing and it was, it was tough cause I was working, but I also had like my phone out and I was checking it and then I'd like do some shit and I checked the bits again. And I just remember it went on so long that I was leaving work and I was, I was heading home for the day and it was still going. And I'm like, Oh shit. Uh, this, I'm actually going to probably watch this from home. Uh, and then it ended just as I, I got in my truck. So, um, I was like, Oh damn. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was exciting to watch. It's definitely a thrill ride. And then the Discord. I mean, you gotta know the 
the discord that you guys set up um for the nft launches you know if people get people get crazy in there too they get all excited watching the bids come down uh it's a uh it's it's a fun group in there i, I have to say it's a wild great i mean these guys are like hyperactive it's intense it's i didn't it, it's funny because the discord was opened two three weeks ago maybe four weeks ago it's been a couple people questions here a couple comments when this thing started on monday like it blew up i had never seen that i think it's the first discord group i'm in i mean and i've never seen that these guys are like uber pumped and excited oh yeah very pumped very pumped and and lafleur did the same thing last year man that was uh that was a wild time that's all I'll say. That Discord, that, that Discord was a wild time. <laughs> I, I, I warned Abe about the, uh, the LaFleur one. Uh, um, I, I didn't see it myself, but uh, some people had told me about it. So, And it was funny luckily, because... Luckily, Abe was able to jump in and uh, calm, you know, settle down the, everybody and uh, just calm everybody down a bit. So, I, I didn't but, even... Uh, go ahead, Pete. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, go. I was just going to say, no, it's funny because I, I forgot that it was starting Monday until after it already started. And I was like, oh, shit, that's today. And I remember I texted Alex and I was like, or maybe he texted me, but I remember talking to Alex and it was like, yeah, I got to get in the Discord. And then he's like, yeah, uh, he's like, you should get in here because uh, people are asking for you. And I'm like, really? And I got in there and I realized it was everyone who was in the one last year who remembered me. Wow. And I was like, oh, shit. And everyone's like, when's Smoking Tobacco getting here? We got to get him in here. And I'm just like, oh, fuck. It's all the same people. This, I, Okay. Apparently, I've, apparently, I, my my arrival has been, you know, impending uh, with this group. I had no idea. <laughs> so now now I felt like an obligation to, like, you know, be there for, for this group. So, um, yeah, no, last year was interesting because um, I had a little bit extra time on my hands because uh, I was just I was a little extra free last year. And so I, I just I, I spent all my time covering the NFT launch. So then when this one happened, I'm like, well, fuck it. I got to do it again because it was so much fun. Uh, I'm in this. So that's why I'm just all over this thing right now because it's, it's just it's just it's fun to thing. follow. Yeah. It's, it's your thing. Yeah. That's good that someone's actually covering it. Yeah. I mean, no one else was doing it. So I'm like, fuck it. This is on me. I'm here. And it's two dudes that I love. So I'm here. Let's do this thing. So. Uh, but no, it's it, it's been good so far, and uh, I want to congratulate both of you on some early success. Like Abe said, though, I know it'll it really won't reflect until the cigars are out there and the NFT owners have them. Um, that'll be two signs of success of this project. That's very true. That's very true. Hi, right. Matt Mitchell, Abe. I love you guys. I gotta jump off. But, Go ahead. Uh, Thank you so much for, for coming me on. Let me jump on and and uh, shoot the shit with you and. Uh, Good luck to Jose Blanco and his family. So, yes. Take care, guys. We'll Bye, see Pete. You soon. Thank you, Pete. Bye. Yeah, what a wild night this has been. I mean, we went from Jose to Pete to Pete and Abe. Now, now it's just it's us and right. Abe. Like, I didn't think I I didn't think this was going to be this way tonight. <laughs> it's soon going to be you too, buddy. I know, I know. We're 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 going to wrap up the show, Abe. We're going to wrap up the show. I, I just I, I was literally my just getting ready to start dinner when I saw your text. I grabbed my phone. My wife had made dinner for us, and um, you know they're they're literally waiting on me. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you go. Me and Mitchell will end the show. 
Um, I have a couple of things I want to get to before we wrap up anyway, so I'll let you go. Abe, thank you. Thank you for being here. Right. I don't want to hold you up any, any longer. Thank you, Abe. Give my love to Nicole. I, I will. You're well. Keep us posted everything there, brother, all right? All right. It should only be a couple more days. <laughs> yeah. It's coming. <laughs> excited for you guys. God bless. Thank you, Abe. I appreciate it so much. Thank you, buddy. Have a good Take night. Take care. Bye, Abe. Bye-bye. Well, that was Pete and Abe. Um, we were going to talk about NFT anyway, so I'm glad that they were able to come on because um, that w- that was that was just great the way we were able to put that together. So um, I assume you. that was going to be our our news segment for the day. Well, I was going to say we we still have to do the news. I didn't do the news segment just because everything was happening so fast. Uh, but I, I got to bring up the news. Say, let me let me bring it in here so we can we can get it because we got to do it. Our news is once again brought to you by McAuliffe Cigars. Uh, the new McAuliffe Black is a blackout rated 91 on SmokingTobacco.com. Go ahead and check it out, read the review, and buy it for yourself uh, at the number two guyscigars.com. It's a blackout. Check it out, McAuliffe Black. Um, yeah, pretty much our news segment this week was going to be the NFT. Now, of course, with everyone that came on and talked about the NFT. Um, I'm that probably whole not gonna... segment was brought to you by McAuliffe. That... Yeah, that, that whole 45 <laughs> minutes was brought to you by McAuliffe Cigars. Um, but no, I mean, there's, there's a couple of things I can bring up here. I mean, there's, there's, some, there's, some, there's some headlines I can read. Um, the Black Bomb Firecracker from United Cigars will be shipping in September. Um, I know that the new sizes of the Red Anchor, I think, are also shipping. Oh, actually, I think those are shipping now. I think I think those are shipping now. Um, the uh, sorry, I'm sc- I'm scrolling through the news section here. Um, uh, let's see. Warped is going to release the Moon Garden Especial. It's been five years since the last release, but that is changing at the end of this month. Moon Garden Especial features the same blend as the original Moon Garden Lancero, with some tweaks to the blend due to the size difference of the vitolas. Warped added more medio tempo to the blend to add an abundance of depth and weight on the palate and utilizing higher priming fillers using 100% Nicaraguan tobacco from Aganorsa and only available in a single Vitola of 5 and 5 eighths by 52 Toro in boxes of 20. These will be shipped at the end of the month. So, which is pretty much this week, next week. Um, so keep an eye on those. Your local warped retailer, you can find those there. Um, damn, uh, just... There's a lot. I mean, we wrapped up our, our PCA coverage for the most part. Um, so all of that is still on the website. If you head to our PCA 2023 um, section under the PCA Trade Show tab on the website, you can see all the um, stories, the booth coverages, the press releases, everything PCA 2023, if you're still looking for it, um, as well as uh, a closing remark from me that I wrote. Uh, you can read all about that. Just my thoughts on the trade show, certain topics, things that have happened, things we saw, learned, etc. Um, that is all on there. Uh, CAO announces their V23 limited edition in a, in the bull tradition of CAO V19, 21, and C60. CAO V23 is a powerhouse blend that fires on all cylinders. You can read more about that on smokingtobacco.com. Um, the Cigar Rights of America Summer Freedom samplers have begun shipping as well. I know that Jose talked about that earlier in the show. We talked about Cigar Rights of America. So there was a, uh, a, summer, a summer sampler set that we did see at the trade show. Those have begun shipping, so ask your local retailers about those uh, and definitely pick those up. There are badass cigars in there. Um, there's an LF- In this one, there's an LFT Solomon. There's... Let me grab that up here really quick. 
There's a Tatuaje 15. There's a Black Diamond. Um, Diamond Crown Black Diamond. There's a Oliva Siri V Milanio. Uh, there's a Padrone. My Father. Ashton. Rocky Patel. Uh, Zopus X. Um, and another Siri V Milanio. Um, in the 130, 135th Anniversary Edition. Um, so check those out. It's a great pack. There's some great cigars in there. Ask your local retailer for it. Uh, if they don't have it, ask another one. I don't know if these are available at twoguyscigars.com, but you can check. I'm not 100% sure. Uh, but you can always go there first. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that, that's our news. I mean, a lot of different things going on, but um, my new, my whole news thing was going to be the NFT, and so now I've had to you know, kind of pivot. So it's just been a wild night. You know, I did not expect that, and this has been a week of just – unexpected you know people have been asking about the baby the baby's still not here we're officially late so it's i don't i, I cannot report on that uh, as of as of right now um and even if uh th th there's there's still probably going to be a spare notes this week um if i'm not on actually kevin is kevin will be at rocky mountain so mitchell i don't know if you're available for spare notes this week but if you are then uh, if I can't make it, it'll be Mitchell and Coop. If you can't and I can't be on, then there won't be. So that's kind of a TBD. Um, but as of right now, there will be a spare notes on Saturday night with Coop, and we'll talk probably a lot more about the NFTs uh, and several other uh, topics that we have coming up. So uh, stay tuned for that and stay tuned for announcements. Just keep tabs on it because that, that could change, as I said. So um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a day-by-day -day for me right now. Uh, other than that, this has been a wild show, Mitchell. Um, it was a fun show. It was a fun show. It was a lot it's of changing show. and stuff going on. But damn, we were able to kind of thanks everyone for sticking in with us. Yeah, you know, we went a little longer than usual, but it was kind of two 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 for one tonight. How can you not though? I mean, we, we basically had to start over. Uh, hopefully, yeah. we can get Jose back on the show to talk about yeah. some more stuff. Uh, we're really getting into a groove there with him, and it's and it's fun. Uh, to talk about uh, so many different things with him. He's a wealth of knowledge. I mean, how you know. So, but that's going to do it for the show tonight, guys. Don't forget to go to smokingtobacco.com to read more news, cigar reviews, our PCA 2023 coverage, and everything else that we do. Uh, more information on the Tatuahi NFTs can be found on under, when you go to news, NFTs, all of our NFT coverage is there, as well as previous nfts that have happened if you want to learn about how those happened and what they sold for and all that uh, you can our facebook page yep. live updates yep yep as well as all of our social media and everywhere you can download your podcast on audio form on apple google pandora spotify iHeartRadio. we are on all those channels and apps so subscribe to us there download the show listen to us it's a great time we appreciate it we love all of you thanks for being here tonight and we'll see you next time take care everybody have a good night, everyone. Thank you for spending your time with us at Smokin' Tobacco. Please remember to like and subscribe for more episodes and content. And as always, visit SmokinTobacco.com for news and updates from the cigar industry.